0: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. It's the beginning of the end. Da-da-da! Final season begins angers me that he can't fold that pizza i had the same note wait do you not like
1: that part of the movie because that's that's the movie
0: i thank god every day i know the lyrics to enter the the same same. after brutal dumping no that sounds terrible (laughs) 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 after i I took a brutal dump (laughs) (laughs) hello i'm mike field i'm mike butler and you're listening to the forgotten cinema podcast each episode we highlight a film that for a variety of reasons was forgotten by audiences whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms, with a backlog of 200 episodes for your listening pleasure. That seems like a lot of episodes. It does seem like a lot of episodes. You know what? We should probably end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I like that idea. Maybe 14 episodes from now. <laughs> right? 12, no. Eleven. Eleven. Eleven episodes from yes. now. Yes. Eleven episodes from now. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, how you doing?
1: Uh I was having a really good day till God came down from heaven and told me I had to smite me some demons. Oh, that pesky using god some, uh, using some special tools. Praise be. What, what, what are we doing today? We are doing the two thousand one. Bill Paxton directorial debut frailty. I have two thousand
0: two. Is it two thousand one? I two thousand one. Interesting. Hmm. You sure? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please hold. <laughs> oh, interesting. The release date was April two thousand two, but IMDb yes. has two thousand one. Yeah. Because- Wikipedia has two thousand one.
0: Uh, I said April 12th, right? I have it on Box Office Mojo coming out the week of April 12th, 2002. Why does everything listed as 2001 on the website? Maybe it got pushback. I mean, that'd be something we'd probably dive into in our notes if we had them. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell everyone what the film's about and then we'll get into the confusion. All right. One day, a widowed
1: blue collar worker has a revelation. He must destroy those who revealed to him as those. No. God damn it. Wow. One day, a widowed blue-collar worker has a revelation. He must destroy those revealed to him as demons. He then begins the serial killings of God's Hand Killer across Texas. Mm, No. But he also has two young sons, the younger of whom idolizes him and believes in the cause, while his older brother is revolted but cannot bring himself to stop his father.
0: Oh my God, it's terrible. 20
1: years later, the elder son walks into a police station and confesses.
0: More more like mopes into a police station and
1: confesses. (laughs) (laughs) And it's an FBI station and confesses, but all right. A vacant
0: FBI station. That is a terrible synopsis. All right, we'll get into it. We're doing Frailty. The Frailty has a runtime of 100 minutes. It's rated R. Production budget of $11 million. It came out, and this is accurate, on April 12th, 2002. (laughs) That was a Friday. It's opening weekend. It did $4 million. Domestic $13 million. International four point three million for a worldwide total of seventeen point four million dollars. Production company was David Kirschner Productions, American Entertainment Company, Cinerenta, and Cinadelta. <laughs> it's distributed <laughs> by Lionsgate Film. Came out on the twelfth. that went up against The Sweetest Thing and Changing Lanes. Those were both wide releases. You also had a limited release that weekend of Human Nature and The Cats Meow. Uh, the nineteenth of uh, uh, April, the week after you had a wide release of The Scorpion King oof. and Murder <laughs> by Numbers, double oof. And then you had a limited release of The Juggernaut that was My Big Fat Greek Wedding. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I think we've talked about in the podcast before that, that how just that movie just took over the uh, theaters. Uh, you also had a limited release that weekend of Enigma, which is actually a decent film. I, I recommend it. Uh, uh,
1: April, I don't know you, if I
0: know Enigma. That's about them going after the Enigma box. It's uh, in, in World War II. Okay. Do you know what the Enigma box is? It's uh, the, yes. the decoder. But, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I never knew about the movie. <laughs> we're actually, well, I'm just going to go off topic here, but we're recording this right now on Veterans Day. I've been so it's old, true. I've been working all day, obviously from home, but on the TV, I've had the Pacific on. On HBO, I just—I'm sitting doing—I'm sitting there doing my work, and I'm just like slowly turning around, going, "Ooh, what's going on?" <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the week before April 5th, you had a wide release of High Crimes, National Lampoons Van Wilder, and the movie Big Trouble. Uh, so, uh, not really. Uh, I—I I, I know that when looking back on these films, we're just kind of like there are eh, there's nothing that really jumps out. Like, oh my god, I remember them. Right, but I don't know. It's tough to kind of gauge like what was the expectation, anticipation of a lot of these films. You know, were people really anticipating the Ben Affleck, Samuel L. Jackson changing lanes film? Uh, you know what I mean? Like eh, you just don't know. You know, like you, you just kind of can't ju- gauge it. I remember having an interesting
1: plot enough so that I put it on our list, but changing I really lanes? don't remember. Yeah, yeah, but I really don't remember
0: much of the movie. It's a road rage movie. That's I know it's road rage, it yeah. but it's, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. This film was directed by Bill Paxton. He also directed one of the film, uh, The Greatest Game Ever Played. Uh, actually, we lost Bill Paxton about five years ago. Passed away. I think of a heart attack, which was uh, gone too soon. Really gone too soon. Uh, complications due to surgery. Right. You're right. That's right. Oh, it sucks. Anyways, written by Brett Hanley, who has done The Bottoms. That's, uh, that's in the script stage right now. He's also did an episode of Masters of Horror. Uh, cinematography was Bill Butler, who was nominated for an Oscar for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's also did Jaws and Grease. And I say Jaws because I felt Jaws in this film a lot of times in terms of the look. Good I'll old Uncle in. Bill. We'll get into that. <laughs> Composer was Brian Tyler, who you probably remember for some, uh, some of the Marvel movies. He's done Iron Man 3, Avengers Age of Ultron, and the more recent Scream from 2022. Edited by Arnold Glassman, who was an associate editor uh, on Raising Arizona. He also did The Celluloid Closet and Forever Hollywood. And then produced by David Blocker, David Kirshner, and Corey Cianega. Blocker has done Into the Wild and Made in Heaven. Kirshner has done the TV show Curious George and the new TV show Chucky that's on Hulu. And Cianega has done Secondhand Lions and Miss Potter. Movie has a small class, which I forgot, I think. Uh, I don't remember if hmm. I. It does have a small cast, which I... okay. Yeah. With Bill Paxton, plays Dad Meeks. You don't really get his name. Um, he's in the TV show Big Love, movie Aliens, Apollo thirteen, A Simple Plan. I can't believe he's never been nominated, but that's okay. Uh, Matthew McConaughey as Adam Meeks. He plays is the older son of Bill Paxton. He's you're in the. We'll get or into this. Does he. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, by now, everyone knows we spoil films. So if you haven't watched Frailty, turn this off and go away and come back. But if you have, here we go. Uh, Matthew McConaughey presents himself in the beginning as Fenton Meeks. He presents himself as his brother. And we'll get into that plot twist and all that stuff. So, But he's actually Adam Meeks. He won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. He's in the TV show True Detective, the first season. And he's also in Magic Mike, to name a few. He's in a bunch of other films, obviously. Powers Booth as FBI agent Wesley Doyle from the TV show Deadwood. He's also in Tombstone and the movie Cruising. And I didn't—I totally forgot he passed away as well. Same year as Pax in 2017. Yep. I forgot that, too. Matt O'Leary as Young Fenton. He's in Milk, Welcome to Marwan, Live for Your Die Hard, and the TV show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Jeremy Sumpter as Young Adam. He's in the TV show Friday Night Lights, the 2003 Peter Pan, and the movie Soul Surfer. And then finally, you have Levi Kreis, or Kress as the older Fenton Meeks. He does a lot more theater. He doesn't have a lot of movie credits, but he does a lot of uh, theater uh so that's it that's the cast i don't have the i know the wife is somebody but i just she's in it at the end and i just i didn't put her down so but i've seen her before at other movies i just can't remember what yeah uh, she looks Adam's familiar wife. yeah all right butler you what's your experience with this film did we watch this film together <laughs> <laughs> no this film came out when i was in middle school okay so when did you watch this <laughs>
1: Uh, probably I didn't watch it in theaters, but I had wanted to, uh, cause I remember HBO doing a big thing about the making of the movie. I remember they did a big making of, they used to do those little, I don't know if you remember the little mini making of yeah. between the movies. They, they still kind of do. <clears throat> so they had a, they had one about the car sequence with between, uh, powers booth and Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey mm-hmm. and how they'd filmed it. And like, they showed the rigs and how like Bill Paxton really wanted that rain to be vertical when Matthew McConaughey didn't want to talk anymore. So they big, did a big thing about how they got the rain to go vertically across the glass. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was like, this seems really cool. There was a lot of movie making to it. I had always liked Bill Paxton. So even like in middle school, I was like, I really want to watch this movie. Um, So I didn't see it in theaters, but when it came out, I'd like, we rented it right away. And I've definitely seen it then. I've seen it a slightly more recently, maybe 10 years ago or mm-hmm. less. And um, I used to catch the ending a lot. Uh, if it was on TV, so I've probably seen it all the way through two times before now. So this is my third rewatch, and a sporadic amount of times, like just watching the end, the big reveal, and killing the uh, spoiler, alert, killing the FBI agent. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I watched this in the theater. I know that, and I know I liked it. But I, with the exception of maybe catching a scene here or there on on TV on HBO, I never really went back to it. This is probably the second full watching, okay, of it. And I remember liking it back then. I remember being really impressed by it, and it was like, "Wow, this is really just a, a good story." Uh oh. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I don't. I do like it. I just, I don't know if I have if I like it as much as I did back then because I just, I don't know. Something felt not off, but I don't know. Maybe I felt the low budget, and that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know how you. Like let's, uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned it when I talked about Bill Butler, uh, in terms of um, cinematography. Sensing jaws, but yeah, let me let me talk about that because it felt the lighting just felt very, and this is not a bad thing, but felt very naturalistic, plain, just kind of like as is. Some mm-hmm. of the night stuff gave me gave me that I I was I remembered the conversation that we had with. Red Rock West, and we were talking about how it felt like it was lit like a TV movie. This definitely has sequences like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I was thinking about that when I was watching it. And I'm trying to remember, I think the scene when they're in the house, the kids are in their room and it's dark out and they're talking. Like it's just it, it it felt just I don't know. It just felt like it was like just very plain. And I don't know if that was on purpose, just to kind of make it feel more not documentary, but just more. Down to earth. Yeah. 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 Uh, Do you think that was on purpose? I
1: think there's a lot of stuff in the daytime scenes. I think it's shot like, you know, this is the South, not just their accents, like that warm kind of feeling. Texas, yeah. That kind of hometown Texas kind of like look to it, that graininess. And I think that works. But the night scenes, I definitely noticed with the exception of some of the stuff like I like how they do the car conversations in the modern day. The rose bed is lit, like you said, exactly like Red Rock West. Mm-hmm. Like when at the end, the finale of gar- Red Rock West, garden, in the in yeah. the, in the, uh, the gar- graveyard, mm-hmm. absolutely lit like that. There's a really cool scene toward the end where McConaughey and Powers Booth they they walk through the rose garden. It pans down on a statue and comes back up, and the two young boys are, are burying, you know, their dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that shot's really cool. I like that segue, mm-hmm. but the lighting is so stage-like it's very much a, a stage light lighting them up really powerfully that did take me out of it a little bit but i don't know if it was enough to ruin my enjoyment of the of the film but i, I can no, see where you're coming right. from
0: no and and i'm not and i always talk about how if the story is good then it's not I, the look of the film doesn't it won't overshadow it because you're into the story bad audio will take you out of the film of definitely even if it's a great right, story yeah so no, I, I don't mean that as like, oh, it, it looked terrible. I'm out. I just, it was something that I noticed and I couldn't, I remembered Red Rock West and I remembered our conversation and I was just like, is this, is this the same thing? So it was just something that I didn't notice maybe the first time I watched it. Uh, so I was curious your thoughts on that. So, and no, no, it didn't affect. I I, I like the story. It just, I don't know if, uh, let me give you something that, and I, I'm asking these questions in terms of like asking you, should I not like it? Because I don't know. Um, there's some, there's a couple of things I don't like in this film uh, that, or one, one thing I don't like that you can't, you're not gonna be able to talk me out of. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I just felt like when McConaughey was, when you, when he's giving, telling the story, when you first see him at the FBI headquarters and the whole, his whole conversation, it just felt very mopey. Like he felt very one note, very like, like the way he was talking, it was clear he was being effusive on purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, he definitely
1: was there to tell the story and literally try to get more out of, you know, the FBI agent, try to get more out of him, him trying to get more out of the FBI agent just for the audience's sake. Mm -hmm. So if it, if that's what you're getting at, I do agree with that. I mean, I still think it works. Well, let me uh, ask But if you're, you're just talking ahead, his attitude God. in general, he just
0: mm-hmm. murdered his brother. He, uh, yeah, he didn't. But when he tells go go you. Go
1: go destroyed his brother.
0: Well, here's the thing too. And this is the only time in the movie where, where you, where the uh, unreliable narrator comes in because when you first see it, Fenton shoots himself. And so he's lying. That's true. Yep. You know, and that never happens. And I'm just like, I wonder why you, you, you deliberately like deceived us, but you don't do it throughout the entire movie, except that one moment,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know what I mean? And I don't, let me put it this way. When you're first watching the film and the father comes home and I like the way the movie starts off because it feels like it's a coming of age film. But then the father comes home. The father's like, hey, listen, I was visited by an angel. And it's so matter of fact, this is what we're doing. And it was just so like it felt like this. Why? why it felt like it's just business as usual and which is good. Right. But then when he lays his hands on the people and he's like, you didn't see, you didn't see because we're seeing through Fenton's eyes right now. We're right. We, we think we're seeing it through. We're atoms. being we're told. Through, yeah. Right. And, but you're still left up in the air in terms of like, do I believe him or not? Like, is he, you know, is this legit or not? Wait, do you not like that part of the movie? Because that's that's the movie. No, 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 I'm saying they do that throughout the movie with the exception of when they show Fenton shooting himself. So they, that's, that's all I'm saying that, 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 that choice of showing the, the lie kind of go flies against the entirety of the film where you've just presented the fact like, do we believe him or not? And True. I just, that, that decision is is curious and I don't But he's
1: he's there to ahead. hook the FBI agent to sure. try to bring him on this journey sure and I don't think you know I killed my brother is a good way to do it or you know but, by saying my brother's dead because you know he's got to get the FBI agent's attention there is a dead body it is his mm-hmm. brother he did steal that ambulance blah 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 now the story's going to go he confirms that information
0: he can't rightly go I I killed my brother well I just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm curious that like, that's, I get it. It's enough, but it's, it's the only time that's it's something that it is out It's weird to, to
1: show that as a
0: flashback and not right. just it's, have him say it. And to be fair, you see him standing up, putting the gun to his head and then you cut outside of the house and you hear the gunshot. But in reality, what happens, he just puts his heads up and he's like Adam and he knows he's there. Like, so he doesn't even stand up and do anything. So that's right. fine. I get it. I just, it was curious like that, we put something actually revealing something that's not true, but throughout the movie we don't, we kind of leave it up to you trying to figure it out until we actually reveal. Yes, no, this is what Hick, the father's not lying. And Adam saw it too. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, that was something, but one thing that you're not going to change me on, I don't like when they do the fenton head in black. Do you know what I'm talking about? The head, the headless, Oh, abo- the floating head yeah. when
1: he goes crazy. Don't like that. That
0: was a little silly. Don't like that at all. I don't, I just don't, I think he, I know, maybe I know what you're trying to do, but that's, that's, that is not what the movie is, that type of film. So
1: I don't, I also don't like the angel appearing either. When in the trophy, when he's, when he sees, no, when he sees Michael, the archangel come down with the flaming sword. Oh, right. Right. I, I do like the I like it. Like it looks cool. But when you showed me that his whole vision was of an angel was just a light shining on a trophy. It makes me go, has oh, this guy just going crazy? Right. Is the yeah. light just shining? But when you show me him looking at his car and it becomes a cathedral with an angel, I feel like that takes me out of it. Like, okay, yes, this is how he described it to you, but he also described the trophy thing. Mm-hmm. So why is he now getting this like 4k definition, like super, <laughs> super IMAX version of, of Michael, the archangel coming down with the flaming sword. I think it should have been something still kind of, like kind of crazy person esque of a sign.
0: It should be left up in the air. You're left to the yeah. audience to believe. A
1: light shining out a phone book or something,
0: where it's just like, sure. oh my god! But that's even so like when dumb. he finds Otis, when he finds the axe that's named Otis and the gloves, it's a light coming right. down off the sky that's highlighting a shed.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. No. I hear you.
1: No. I think so. I, yeah. I, but yeah, I think those two moments and the floating head is just stupid looking. Yeah. I it's know, not I, even done with any kind of well thought out design. Just doesn't so, feel yeah, like. Yeah. I will not be convincing
0: you that. You're wrong there. That looks bad. <laughs> and I at know least that it's I'm, short. Yeah, exactly. And I know that I'm always negative on voiceovers, but I actually don't mind the voiceover in this film because he's telling a story, he's starting off by telling us a story. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's needed. The voiceover is is a needed part because he's telling Doyle this story and us. It's not a voiceover tossed in there because we need to have filler. We don't. We haven't explained everything properly, so I don't mind the voiceover in this film.
1: No, I also like. I know the twist is obviously that he's telling Fenton's side of the story, but he's Adam. Right. And, you know, at first it's like, oh, it's part of a twist. But when you watch it again, I feel like it gives it more of a layer because it's even though Fenton becomes a demon, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, or just a bad person, whatever they actually are, who deserve to die. It's showing that how Adam kind of. Has has grown to understand where Fenton is coming from. He, Mm -hmm. even though he has to kill him and he became a terrible person, Adam understands why Fenton was the way he was, why he doubted what he doubted, why he ended up killing his father, all that kind of stuff. And I, when you watch it again, it gives more depth to the character of Adam, who as a child doesn't have much depth. He's just like, yeah, dad, absolutely. Nope. 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 Dad, dad, dad. Praise I
0: I pray for G. I was thinking they pray a lot to God, but I've never said, never seen him go to church. Whatever. I thought to say, uh, that's one of my notes is
1: they don't talk about ever going to church. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're very religious. Although Adam is obviously singing the, uh, singing a religious oh, kind of child I mean, sound at the
0: beginning. I, but yeah. I get it. I mean, but, but like, you kind of want that if they're so super religious, like can we see him one time coming out of the church? I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I do like when they get into the car, this is in the present and mm-hmm. Adam gets in the car and he kind of doesn't want Doyle to touch him. Uh, if he's like, no, I, yeah, I do I'll, like I'll, that I'll moment. Yeah. Uh, and because that's another thing. So a movie, we talk about this a couple of times and we've kind of brushed it a little bit. Movies that that have a twist. um, When you go back and watch them again, you know, you know what happens. So I, I'll say that I, I'm not going to say that this movie does a really great job of uh, engaging me where I, d- I know the twist has come, but I'm still hooked. Mm-hmm. I still, I think it's 50, 50. I think there's some moments where I'm just like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, they kind of tip it, their hand a little bit too much sometimes. I was going to say, it's a
1: little heavy handed, um, more so than like The Sixth Sense. Whereas you watch The Sixth Sense again, it's all these little things you notice. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's like, how about your mom? How about your mom? Keep saying the mom? mother thing. How yeah. about your mom? How about yeah. your mom?
0: I'm like, holy shit. I never noticed how much he mentions the mom. Or the way, just the, also the way that, and I talked about it briefly, McConaughey's playing Adam, older elder Adam character, very effusive, very like one note. At times, it just becomes a little, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I just think sometimes it becomes too much where it's like, why are you, you're obviously clearly hiding something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, so right. I think, you know, just, that's all, just a little bit. Now, I'm not saying it's completely off. I just think it's a little bit too much. It does work if you're talking to Adam.
1: <laughs> I don't like that reveal. I think
0: yeah. that yes. line should,
1: a line very similar should be said by the FBI agent
0: mm-hmm.
1: having understood it. Yeah. The whole thing is he's trying to get the FBI agent to understand the story. So that should be the FBI agent. And then our audience realization, mm-hmm. not him just turning around and saying it in a faux villain kind of
0: did you find the ending was a little long holding on Matthew McConaughey posing at the corner there. Did, did you find that a little too much? I used to
1: like it. Like again, I've seen the ending quite a few times, like catching it on TV. But I don't remember yet him posing. I remember him. I thought she says, "Praise God, praise him," and like he then says it as well, or vice versa. So they both say it in an almost creepy kind of cult like way. And then the camera kind of pans out. But she just says it, and he's looking like arms on his hips, chest out, looking around the sky, like
0: acting like like acting. Yeah, sheriff, are you okay? Like it's almost like the last week's movie, Living Oblivion, like was Paxton. Like, what are we trying to do here, Matt? What's going on here? What are you, what are you feeling? Like, it feels yeah. like that,
1: guys. I want to. I want to try
0: something. <laughs> I think he would soak in the God's rays and he would just sit there and like let it soak in because this is his town and his like crappy, yeah, sheriff station that looks like a consignment shop. <laughs> I do like, and they should have focused more,
1: that the kids at the very end as they fade out, coming down on a bike and a scooter, or yeah, the young Fenton and uh, Adam. Yeah. But I think that should have been a little bit more apparent Mm -hmm. because Pillbacks was going for a Twilight Zone-esque feel. And I think that would have worked better if we kind of don't do a close up, but have them kind of more in focus so viewers could (laughs) maybe see and go,
0: oh, what the hell? That feels like they were on set. Hey, let's have them on there. I don't think that was something that's in the script. That's what I think. I think it was just like they're on set. Hey, you guys want to be in the scene? This will be really cool. You're here that day. Maybe. Yeah. Because there's no other reason for them to be there. You're not bringing them in for one day. They probably were just. But it's there. also
1: child actors. So you got to have. There's so True. many rules about that. I do True. like that. He named the town. Meet Texas. Paxton <laughs> just named a town because it's like, that sounds like a place. Uh, a town in Texas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> meet Texas. I also I don't like and this is not the movie itself but I don't like any of the poster art of the for this film. See you, you posted
1: that you don't like the one where no. Otis is in the tree like stuck like I never in this haven't tree seen stump that the one. light
0: coming down. All of the posters that I've seen is the big head posters. And that poster you're talking about which I think sounds familiar I thought that was fan created. Why not. No that's been.
1: that is the VHS that's I don't know if it was ever a movie poster but that right, was yeah. the, the yeah. VHS.
0: Uh, I hate the movie poster cover. because it's like Matthew McConaughey's head and it's some weird orange, yellow tint. And then the, the ax, which is fine. Like now, if this movie came out now, I think the poster would just be the ax in the, in the wood. And would just say, and that would be the teaser, you know, That and that would be perfect. But the Matthew McConaughey big head poster was just ugh, gross. <laughs> like it just wasn't appealing. I didn't like whatever that I am. That one I shared is actually from IMDB. So that's yeah, the I don't, poster. I don't remember that seeing is. that. I,
1: I remember the creepy
0: face with the axe. That yeah. felt like oh we we just saw 7. Let's let's try to match that. That's what that felt like.
1: Yeah, I can see that, but that's kind of how it always goes. You just copy whoever it is like the big poster or whatever mm-hmm. it is of the time and you're just like, "Yes, that." Like all the movie posters now use blue and orange all over the place.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Oh no, there's if you there's a there was a Twitter tweet about the superhero posters or the Marvel posters and they all have the same color scheme. They all do the same thing. They all look the same. There was like 20 posters and I'm just like, oof. <laughs> but isn't that exactly what a Marvel movie is? All, all looking that, the same, all being the uh, same? Homogenized. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, like McDonald's. Yeah, enjoy all that crap. Never mind. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I don't know
1: if you can, like this is the what I remember. This is when I think of the movie Frailty. This is the image. I see it. No sure. one
0: else can like, see that on the podcast, but I see well,
1: it. I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just Otis in a shed uh, yeah. On a big chunk of wood. That's fine. That's a good with teaser the light poster, in though. Down. That's a good that's teaser That's the poster. Yeah. Whenever I think of the movie, that's what I think of. The posters right. you've posted, especially the one with like the half cut out face with mm-hmm. like the, the teeth on it, like it's a serial killers collage. Uh,
0: collage. Yeah, That that's a stupid poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't excite me. So, I have a couple of notes about what the writer thought about the film, Brent Hanley, not about the film, but like what is what his comments on frailty. so mm-hmm. he talks about how frailty to me was always about this is the movie frailty, not the the word itself. frailty the, to me was always about the the frailty of perception, the frailty of morality, the frailty of right and wrong. And he's like, "I like the idea of an abstract title. i don't I never really thought about the title uh, to this film and what it referenced, and I'm trying to think now. I mean, I guess I can see that, but I would think it, it also has to do with the frailty of belief, of you know, faith in God. Almost. That's what
1: I always thought the frailty kind of meant was right. the frailty of Fenton. That's what we're
0: looking at, and right. he turns out to be wrong. But see, and and here's the other thing too. Does. So you don't—you're not necessarily a demon unless you do something bad. Then you become a demon, but you're still a person. So you're still a bad person. That's pretty. I know they're calling them de- demons, and that's fine. But would Fenton become a demon if God never came down and talked to the Father? Because Fenton witnesses murder, and he can't wrap his mind around it, and it messes him up. And he—or or he was always fated to become a demon. He was a demon. Was how do we know? Like that's, and that's demons always big have question. a wake-up moment. Yeah. That's a big just question. Know these are
1: all bad people. We definitely know that, but we don't know anything else.
0: Right. And so I don't, it's, it's interesting because it, it it's, it's presented so plainly, but I think there's a lot of subtext to this story that maybe it's just not this story, but it still begs the question. I still think about it when I watch it. Like, would Fenton really grow up to be the way he is if he didn't witness what happened? Well, he talked, he mentions
1: it, um, Adam, Matthew McConaughey's character mentions that it's like uh, the story of Abraham. No oh, right, right. Only you know God actually punished and had uh, Dad Meeks struck down because he was instructed to kill. He do- he never says implicitly, but he says God told me something about you, son, and I don't want to believe it. Right. Um, so we don't really know exactly what he told him, but he probably said your son's a demon. You got to kill him.
0: Well, he's probably said yeah, but he can't he can't kill him until he's on the list. He never says how the list yes. comes to him. Never says how the list. Never says how. You got to wait till he stores six people in the basement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Never says that. And I mean, he could say like, you know, he's going to be a demon. So, I mean, but is there a chance to redeem that? Like, isn't God merciful? Like stuff like that. There's like, there's just a tons of questions that pop up with that stuff. God's not (laughs) merciful, man. Read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Hanley also said, the writer also said that they used uh, the Night of the Hunter as inspiration for the script. I read that and I could definitely see some
1: of that. Where do you see that then? Because I was struggling with that. The two kids trying to run away from an oppressive father, but still that always that idea of like that father power that like the, the power parents have over you. Mm-hmm. You run a one rogue, but you run away, but you can't. You know your father's a murderer, but you're still digging that ditch. Mm-hmm. The fact that as the kids in Night of the Hunter are running away, you know, every time he calls for them, there's like a power to his call. Mm-hmm. Even though he's just a stepfather, just he's that father figure and the world around them goes, just go to your father. You're lying. Even the sheriff, like, I don't think dad Meeks had to kill the sheriff because the sheriff clearly was done with everything. Mm-hmm. And most of their targets were from other towns and states. But, you know, I think there's a little bit of that in the in
0: the relationship there. So there's a lot of. uh I guess different information around why the axe is called Otis. Did you read all that? I read, I think there's one kind of true information, and
1: then there's the fans coming up with really stupid
0: information. Well, Paxton says that he talked about how he wanted the axe to have its own identity, its own personality, right. he wanted it to be unique, and he had. Found the name in Pasadena when they were scouting. He met a homeless man who offered to, and, and he offered to give him money, and the homeless man didn't want it, he didn't want charity. So Paxson instead offered to buy the use of the man's use name for man's the movie. Name, yeah. He said, listen, fine, you don't want, I'll just, how about, I want to use your name in my movie. That's how he got it. Yep. I, obviously, that's from Paxson. That's the one I believe. All the other <laughs> stuff is just, it's totally different. It's weird conjecture. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was the only the what was the what was the stupid one that I thought only was, the innocent survive yeah, or something come on, like that? Man, you're just reading <laughs> into that. Dear only the, yeah,
1: only the innocent survive. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's it's. There's always people that read too much into stuff. When the director just goes, it's a name. Mm-hmm. You know, the script probably was just like a lead pipe and axe and gloves because the axe and or the lead pipe and the gloves don't have any name. Mm-hmm. But I think it was right to give the axe a name because he's right that when you cut to future Adam. I like that he's grabbing Otis because he's grabbing just Otis. an unnamed axe. He's grabbing like, Otis in
0: the giant dewy mess that's lit perfectly well. And yeah, I
1: know. Oh yeah. The foggy, like that perfect blue yeah, light, the yeah. perfect amount of mist. Yeah. But <laughs> I like that he's grabbing Otis and not some random axe. Oh it yeah. It just shows no. like that, that bequeathment of like father to son. And if you didn't have a name on it, it could just be any old axe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Passes only is the arm. innocent survivors. Freaking dumb.
0: Yeah. Paxton also talked about, and we had talked about this maybe about 10 minutes ago about movies that have a twist, you know, second viewing. Does it change? You know, can you appreciate it? He actually talked about that. And he said, the first time you sit through frailty, you get pulled into the story kind of subjectively. And there's this whole Mm -hmm. kind of creep factor. But on your second viewing, there's a lot of satisfaction as there are a lot of clues laid out in front of the viewer. I mean, I just think it's a little too much, but I understand what he's saying.
1: Yeah, I agree with him. I just don't think it's as done as deftly as you know, Sixth Sense and stuff like that. It's a little on but it the definitely, nose. Yeah, it works a lot better than The Others, where The Others has none of that, Right. and you're just waiting for the end to come because you know the twists. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it, it definitely is still a good... But that's all, another thing we talked about in The Others episode is you need a really good story to back up the twist. Your story can't be the twist. And I think this story is very interesting, mm-hmm. and the relationship between the father and the sons really drives the story forward in a way that the others just, I don't know. I guess technically Bill Paxton's dad is bad as well. He's abusive to his son, but he wants to get his son to see God. Whereas Nicole Kidman is just a bitch to her kids
0: Yeah, and killed them. (laughs) I was having a tough time with, not like emotionally, but I was just having a tough time with when he locks his son in the basement that they make, when he makes his son dig the basement, when he locks Fenton or uh, Fenton in the, in the basement underneath the shed, Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, and then I just was having a tough time with that because I was, I I was like, you're not, I know that you're trying to present this. Is he real? Is he seeing, is he seeing angels? Is he not seeing angels? Is he talking to God? Is he not? So there should be some level of, Like, we want to, we want to root for Bill Paxton's character, the dad, a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, choosing what you believe. But when he does that, it's such an overt act that it's very hard for me to get on his side and very hard for me to be like, he is doing God's work. I, you know what I mean? Like, why won't they believe him? It makes him the villain and it kind of, and if that's on purpose, that's on purpose, but it just, it it, kind of shades him as the bad guy at that point. So when Fenton kills him, I don't, you know, I, I understand it and I don't feel bad. And I just, I don't know if that's, I can't, I don't have an answer is probably the best thing I can say for, for that. I just, I just know what I felt when I watched it. I don't know if I feel
1: that way when he's digging the basement, because you get a lot of moments where Bill Packen's like, I'm trying to teach you something, wear these gloves, get, take these pills. And then like, did you pray? You probably didn't pray once, did you? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the basement scene, although, yeah, that's, that's tough uh, to to like again, like you said, not like <laughs> I felt so bad for the kid, but it, it's tough to reconcile that character, like you said. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's he's already given you the clue that God told me something about you as well that I don't want to believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's there's something about his son, and he killed the sheriff, which is quote unquote the first person he's ever really killed. So that's almost like an act of desperation. Mm-hmm. So it dehumanizes him a little bit, but I don't know of that much. Yeah, I don't know if I really ever cared. Then again, you're, you're set up that the dad's going to die anyway.
0: Yeah. So because, I think that yeah. kind
1: of takes takes you out of the shock value of him getting killed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's adult Adam talks about how his father died. And so you're like going to wait for that during the story mm-hmm. as the story plot clearly. And then when he says after the floating head <laughs> <laughs> appears on the screen, I had to kill my dad. Like, you know, it's coming then. Like, that's just clearly going to be the next scene. Yeah.
0: And like, I love the, I love that we're supposed to believe that at the end of that, um, when they get that guy and then Adam kills the guy, mm. it's like, really with one chop, this that 10 year strong old. Enough? Yeah. I, uh, okay. I do like the fact they don't show it. Not showing the blood of the ax is going down is scary enough. They don't need to, you know, and sure, it's, not yeah. that, it's not that kind of story. I know this exactly. is always, it's not that kind of, yeah, a movie. I know this is always labeled as a horror film and it, it is, but it's more of a thriller. Uh, and, and I think the, not showing what happens you know what's happening and you don't need to see it yeah so i think that that's i, I like that um, i like that shot though i like
1: he takes the tape off the guy's and face you're wondering like what's he gonna what's gonna happen and you just cut to adam with the axe running down like a mad little kid and she's like jeez
0: <laughs> yeah i know the axe is heavy man but uh, that's fine um i do otis, have otis is heavy <laughs> oh excuse me i apologize. uh i do have a negative review for you on this um, Okay, okay Critic- how nil- dare they besmirch the name of bill Paxton? <laughs> nil Minow or Mino, i don't know says this is a cold reading of the script while one particular plot that the murders take place in front of the young sons and committed by a beloved father is considered quote disturbing and quote an abuse of cinematic power so so he just didn't like that killings
1: were happening in front of kids i guess It's based a little bit on a true kind of loosely based on the
0: case of American serial serial killer, Joseph Callinger, who murdered three people and tortured four families. And he committed these crimes with his 13 year old son, Michael, between 74, 1974 and 1975 in New Jersey, He pleaded insanity, claiming God told him to kill. So I think I don't see notes like that. I don't know if that's accurate or they're just they find a similarity and they're like, oh, it must be something like, like that. has gotta be it. Yeah. So right. I know I never know with notes like that. I write them down, but I never know with those.
1: I mean, regardless, like you're you're saying you don't like that aspect of the story. That's the story. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You can't oh, no, say right. oh, I don't like this movie because I don't like that. Sure, mm-hmm. it's upsetting or whatever, but you can't knock the movie because you find a subject matter to not be something you're comfortable with right then don't watch this movie if there's other re- reviewers within that magazine chain get them you've seen the trailers you've read the synopsis this is the movie don't watch it it's not for you mm-hmm. so that review is that review is bunk man <laughs> uh, that's
0: stupid <laughs> uh it's also- like saying i
1: can't i hate transformers which most of the transformers are terrible because you know i find it hard to watch robots on screen
0: oh, oh come on not- I find it hard watching robots pee on people on screen. So I always <laughs> I'm just saying that. it's the
1: same kind of thing. Just like I I find out I can't watch robots or like, I don't like watching dogs die in a movie, but I'm not going to be like uh, this movie. Give it an F because a dog died at the movie. Well, that's listen, the fucking part of the movie. When I see I'm just not going to watch
0: it. When I see a dog on the film, I immediately find out if it survives. Like, like, oh, yeah, listen, I'm going go to Wikipedia now. and be like, okay, <laughs> let's have, okay, fine. We're good. That's fine. No, because I can't. No.
1: Yeah. That's like, I just, I can't, that, that, that type of reviewer is not
0: for me. <laughs> I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, so I didn't, this surprised me that, um, the note by James Cameron, uh, Paxton had planned to show the demons crimes oh, I saw that, yeah. when the dad first touched them and Cameron said, no, no, no. He told him, don't do that because you got to, you know, you got to leave it up. I think that that changes the entire movie. Cause if Paxton shows it. Oh yeah. You know, from the fact that Fenton's wrong. Yeah. And, yeah. and James so, Cameron's absolutely right. He said, you got to remember a film is so literal that you're going to split the audience. And a lot of them are going to believe that dad is really seeing all this stuff. He don't want that to happen because you want to go offend. And it's like that note right there changes the whole movie. If Paxton does that, then it's a different film. And I don't know if it's just as good as it is now, because now that makes sense now, Mike, where all the stuff we had just talked about, that stuff that's on the nose that, mm-hmm. that gun, Fenton's gun to the head like that stuff like that all that stuff would have would have just changed the film and the, and then you're relying on that just that twist that Adam is not who he is or Fenton is Adam Adam is Fenton
1: That's, you, yeah because the twist right. is so that weakens the twist to just being like it's the wrong character right which who cares right. at that point you're watching right. the movie like I don't care what kid it is
0: yeah so that was yeah. a great great suggestion by James Cameron and that Bill Paxton took it is even better yeah
1: I'm, I'm surprised Bill Paxton even wanted to show that.
0: Yeah, no, I know. So why are we saying this is forgotten then? I think that we like it. People like it.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I agree with some of the negatives that you have, but I think that the movie itself is still a really, really good movie. I I love this movie quite a bit. Um, but I think the fact that it's got, I mean, Bill Paxton's in it, but he's always like a supporting character in a lot of the things he's in. He's one of my favorite actors, so that's not a knock to Bill Paxton. You should watch Big Love. I've always wanted to. I think I watched the pilot episode and I just never continued. Yeah, he's really
0: good. That's but a really good show.
1: I think that him being the only real star power and Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. um, but he's not really in too much of it. He kind of disappears once the car ride starts mm-hmm. and you don't see him again until the end. There's a large chunk without him. Mm-hmm. I think that that kind of hurts the film. I think that, like you said, it's not a horror film but it's a little more intense than your average thriller or a little more supernatural than your average thriller. I think that hurts it as well. Th- those things are probably what hurt it. Most of all, the fact that it's kind of low budget and indie, it wasn't like a big release, mm-hmm. but I think it kind of gained a little more popularity than it did in the theaters. Cause obviously obviously didn't do too well in the theaters. It did enough. Um, but I think a lot of it's home video, a lot of it's, it's got like a cult following. I feel like more than anything. Right. But I definitely think it's worth a watch, especially for people that like, kind of supernatural thrillers or like films like stir of echoes or the sixth sense. See, I, I think, think that works. I think that. those
0: movies have, well, six Sense* is, has a better twist, I think. And stir of echoes has a mystery wrapped around it too. Like they're solving something. They're trying to figure out, we're trying to stop figure out what happened. So I think that's why I think I like those films a little bit better. I definitely like those films a little bit. I like this movie, but I like those films a little bit better. Um, I definitely I love Sixth Sense. I'm not gonna say that. I, I like this more than Stir of
1: Echoes. Oh no. But I think I, Stir of Echoes has the same issue with why it was forgotten though. I think th- I think the same things that I think why frailty's forgotten. I don't remember obviously Stir of Echoes was season one. I don't remember why that was no. I don't remember why that was forgotten, but I think the same could be said for oh, why, we know Stir why Stir of Echoes, Stir of Echoes that- was
0: forgotten is because it came out the Sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why. But
1: I think the same could be said for that too. It's it's not quite horror, not quite thriller. It it lies on this weird in-between.
0: Uh fans of uh the old baseball game will remember this that that reminds me of not quite chicken, not quite pork. It's chork. Never mind. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh I think Stir of Echoes has a better script. I think it has that I think it's just written better, written well. I like David Kepp too, so that's probably why as well. I think this like a lot of the stuff in with the dad and the sons felt like the same conversation a little bit sometimes over and over. And that just might be just because the nature of the relationship between the dad and his boys, you know what I mean? Like it's, he's just always trying to tell them about the will of God and talk with them. And one kid believes and one doesn't. And it's always the same convo back and forth, back and forth. But again, that's just has to do with, I think that relationship. And that's how it would be. I'm not saying there's anything I hate about it. I just think that it's not, it's, it just kind of as is what it is. Um, but i think i think you know what you said i also think because it's a lower budgeted film i think it's a film that i don't think it has mass appeal because i don't know i don't know why this movie didn't hit it's short maybe it didn't come out maybe yeah. april's not a good time for it maybe october was it would be a good time for it you know maybe yeah, like yeah a late a late summer early may, fall yeah, film. maybe it just didn't have a good release date even uh, April,
1: you're you're at you're eking into like the May, yeah May movies.
0: Even back then, I I think if it's a if it's all these like p- horror like these not horror but these type of mood period th- thrillers need to be in the in the fall when it's starting to get dark out when it's cold getting cool like I think it probably would have done better then so maybe it has to do with that. Um. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird because even though I, I, I seem like I have problems with it and I, I kind of still do, I still like it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why I didn't do, I may, I wonder again, this is another movie. I really wonder what the home box office take is. Yeah. I really feel like it must've
1: done better on, cause I really feel like it's got a nice cult following now.
0: Right. Agreed.
1: Who would you recommend this to then? Cause you were saying that you don't think it's for everybody.
0: I would not, I don't think this is a straight, uh, I think, I think horror fans would like it, but I don't think they would, maybe they wouldn't like it enough. I think, I think people that I'd recommend, you know, this is the type of film though, that I would, I would recommend to a broad audience. I'm looking for something that I haven't seen before. I'm like, oh, you receive. received, you know, like, like, you know, they might not know about Bill Paxton directed this. They might like Bill Paxton, but they don't see him in everything. Maybe that's too, that's it too. Cause there's really no lead in this film. It's Paxton and McConaughey, but they're really not the lead.
1: That's so true too. Yeah. They're both
0: supporting. So they don't have, they don't really, they're not in enough to carry it. So maybe that people just didn't gravitate towards it. And it could have been one of those movies that just people just, it kind of did not have a lot of fanfare. Maybe it wasn't promoted a lot. I, I would recommend this to anybody that likes movies that likes to watch films. And you know, it's, it's, we talk about, we just complained, but we talked about how we don't like the Marvel posters. We talk about how movies are, are all the same. This is one of those movies that's not. So even though we're true, talk, yeah. we're debating it, it's still worth a watch because it's something different. It's something new. This is Stephen King's favorite horror film from that year. <laughs> yeah. He says he that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think if, 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 if King did this film, I think it would have a lot more juicy stuff in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he would, I think this movie walks up to a line with the kids and certain things. And I think if King wrote this, it would go Oh, for further. sure. Yeah. And I think that it definitely feels a little bit like a King story though. Like, I don't think, I wouldn't want a remake of this film, but I would like another version where, cause I imagine there's other people in the world that God has taught, that God meets and talks to. I think he does mention it, that there are numerous yeah, warriors around the country. And I the wouldn't world. mind another story in that world, but it's just about that. Don't call it frailty too. Don't call it a frailty tale. Just, just, it could just be a movie you do and just say it's within that world and just ask, you know what I mean? Just call it frailty. That's popular among
1: movies now. It's just called it the same title. Yeah, maybe, just but don't but redo that, the same story. Just but do I, a but story. I, I
0: think I think there's enough there. There's even there's enough there for for that type of movie. But there's also enough there to see what happens with Adam as he gets older and his kid and all that stuff. There's enough there for I think there's a there's enough groundwork there where you could revisit it and, and do something else. Sure, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. I don't disagree. Where can they, <laughs> Where can they find us?
1: You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video content I have, or we have for you guys. I have. <laughs> I don't know why I said that's I have. That's fine. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got other podcasts by other people. We've got video content. We've got a uh, taste for everybody. Go ahead and like <laughs> all those kind of things and take a listen and watch. And then while you're listening to our podcast, like, rate, subscribe, all
0: that kind of good stuff helps our podcast. that's all I got. Nice. And next week we are going to 1992. We're doing another Robert Altman, Altman film, The Player, starring Tim Robbins. Now, I have to tell you, Butler, I've seen this film, and I think I remember liking it. But you put it on the list, so I, I know, hope. I know, I know. <laughs> but I don't remember a lot of it. So this could be one of the ones where I'm just like, what? <laughs> we'll see. So it's a, it's a crapshoot. What is the player? The player. It's- what is the player? Is the movie? It is on HBO oh, Max, so you don't you know have what? to pay for it.
1: I almost, did I put this on the list though?
0: I don't, who knows anymore? I read who an knows? article
1: talking about a forgotten film uh, about the player. It was an article about a forgotten film. It was called Forgotten Films. And I was like, that's our podcast, motherfucker. Ooh. <laughs> and I read the article and they were talking about the player, but it was a segment that never continued beyond one article. Cause I started following it going, are they going to copy our podcast? And they didn't. Um, they only did the one article it never continued it was in like the new york times or something and i guess they dropped it but this was their first article was the player and i was
0: like "Uh, the the
1: plot sounds interesting
0: (laughs) well that's next week so we're doing the player next week until then everyone have a great rest of your week i'm mike field i'm mike butler and this has been forgotten cinema the final season go get your ex.